Well, where did the time go? Last time I looked, it was coming up for Christmas and that's morphed into 2021. We are back, maybe for a final fling with Ripple's hashtag student 2020, or perhaps I should call that 2021. It's a bit more accurate, isn't it? As ever, I'm your host, Claire English, and I've managed to hook up again with Molly Higgins, my trusty co-pilot for this adventure into the weird and challenging and sometimes wonderful realm of education with the side order of COVID. As you probably know by now, Ripples is a podcast that deals with the unintended consequences of big events or decisions. And boy, does this pandemic slot into that space. I've been recently checking in with a few of our regular students at university, uh, mostly at university, the students, but some from college, some from school. And they've been giving me their take into how they're coping with learning and existing. They're talking about things like online learning, uh, very few social interactions, forget the idea of a wild party, that's not happening, just now going to the pub, and very little time, this is a thing, to think about anything else but ploughing through the academic year and passing exams at the end of it. Now, for those in their final months of learning, thoughts inevitably turn to job prospects, future career paths, what's going to happen next once I leave in the spring, summer. So I'm really lucky that my crew of final year students from Glasgow Uni have made time to talk to me. They've been doing dissertations and all sorts, and they did manage to get home for Christmas, as you might remember, but um, they were pretty quick to come back to resume their work in their sort of monastic environments. How's that been for them? What was the Christmas break like? Was it great fun or did it just make them sad or frustrated? Was it a welcome relief or just a brief punctuation in a very black and white world where staring at screens takes up most of our day? Well, who knows, there are some positives that can be drawn out of this pandemic meltdown too. We have been forced to think, learn and act differently. Enough of me yapping. Let's find out who's on the Zoom screen to talk to for this possible final wrap of Ripple's hashtag student 2020. I've got you all with me again. It's, it's lovely to see you. It just feels like years. It was last year, I suppose it was last year. And you were all going home for Christmas. So Molly, who's with us today? So we've got people that we've had before, um, different mixture. We've got Joe, Ali and Finn, and we're all actually living together at the minute now. Joe's moved up over Christmas to start his course, so he's living with us now. And Great. Yeah, so you're all, all you're next door, you're next door in your boxes on my screen and you're next door to each other in an actual physical house. How are you all? You doing okay? Are we getting smiley faces or are you all just totally fed up? Mm. Uh, oh god oh ali your, your face says it all ali come on has it been tough um yeah i don't know if it, it's been a little bit tougher this first month um obviously it's been nice seeing everyone again uh coming back but i just think it's the weather and everything is is pretty gross outside so um Hey. Also, yeah, we're. I was. I'm doing a little bit less exercise just because the wind and stuff. I tried to cycle to Southside the other day and almost got blown off my bike. Just a minute, it took me off. Not good. Yeah, I, I've just had that as well, Ali. When I went yeah. outside, and I was actually shocked by how battering that wind was. I was like, I'm going to get knocked into Mary Hill Canal and end up in the. <laughs> Yeah, Mary Hill Basin. Is it that bad? I was thinking about going out for a run, but I, I well, <laughs> maybe I'll just have a gin. I don't know. No. Oh my I think God. I might come past your house, Claire. But yeah. Oh, anyway. the kettle was on as well. Joe, have you done any exercise? Are you getting out at all? Or no swimming yeah. pool? No swimming pool. 
Yeah, no swimming pool. Um, I've been tempted to jump in the Clyde, you know, but I brought myself around to it. But uh, yeah, I've been going for runs. I hate running, but I've forced myself to do it to go outside. Does but it I, help? Well, sorry? Does it help, though, when you do go for a run? Do you feel slightly less bleh? Yeah, yeah. You, you feel more energetic afterwards, I think. Because if you stay inside all day, just sitting down at your you know, TV or computer or anything, you just feel quite tired and lazy by the end of it. Mm. If you actually go out and do run or something, even if you're not enjoying it, it does make you feel better afterwards. I know the feeling. I really enjoy it when I'm doing it. It's afterwards. Finn, what about you? And how, how have you been coping with being back after having a lovely little hiatus of being at home? Um, yeah, I was going to say I'm, I'm the same as Joe. Um, I hate running, especially in this weather now. So, um, but the only thing is that I've not been I've not been running at all really. I did it two weeks ago, and I hated it. So I've not done it. But it means that yeah, my my it's been a bit harder this time because uh, I've just not been getting outside that much at all really. The only chance I've been I mean I'm at the library now, uh, and it's like the only opportunity to get outside is to go to the library. Uh, over the night, it's been I've had like three, four days just not even leaving the flat. So it's been it's been it's been a bit harder than last time, for sure. But well, it, it means I've got uh, yeah, crack on with my work, I guess. Yeah, well, I was going to ask about the work and Molly. When you guys were all getting home for Christmas, uh, you had dissertations to do. Yeah, did, did that all happen? What's happening with yeah. that? Have you heard back? What's what the progress is with that? Will you know anything or? I'm not going to know anything now until the end of the year. So that was done and dusted just before. Christmas and now it's back into like the usual routine which is actually I'm finding it a bit more difficult to navigate because because we can't go out to lectures like Finn was saying the only time you go out is to the library but um yeah you do everything through zoom and that means you have to stay in the flat for that hour but it's always like in the middle of the day and unless you're super organized which I suppose I could do if I really wanted to be but you just have to really be regimented and like you'd go out to the library in the morning then come back then go out again then come back but it's just it feels like a bit of a hassle. So it's just more reason to kind of be stuck in the flat all day. Oh. Um, but it's it's fun being with these lot. But yeah, it's yeah different different teaching for me this year. So it's yeah it's I know for Joe it's he he had expectations to be in labs this semester as well. So that's Ooh, that, that's going to be um, quite interesting. Joe not being able to get into a lab. I mean, how much of the attraction of doing the course was getting into a lab and actually getting your hands on things. Uh, yeah, that's probably the main reason I took the course, actually. Oh, God. But um, they, they are trying to get us. They, I think eventually maybe, they're saying March time, although I wouldn't hold them to it, I, that we might be able to go back into a lab. But other universities are doing it because it is pretty easy to to socially distance in them and, you know, wear PPE. It's not, it's not difficult, but... No, it's up to the university, I guess. And what do you feel, Finn and Ali, as well, about how the university is uh, helping you to cope with these re really weird times? Have they given you any update about when, <laughs> I was going to say, when things get back to normal? They're never going to be normal, normal. But have you, either of you, had any inkling about anything changing with the way you're being taught? No, it's, it's, it's all the same for me. They just said for the rest, rest of the term, it's all going to be online, uh, online exams. So, yeah, this is, I mean, this is the last time. I mean, it's my last semester of university, so I won't be getting in-person teaching anymore after this. It's quite sad. Ali? Yeah, it's, it's all totally online. They don't really tell us that much. Faculties tell us a bit more, but, like, it, yeah, I find it a weird sort of, sort of strange idea that, like, the library's open, 
hundreds of people in there, but we can't go into and do like small uh, sort of discrete uh, labs, which is a bit annoying, but um, it's not up to the faculties. I think it's just up to the, the uni board. So um, that's what we're getting. What about Molly? Um, I'm thinking about you guys in finance as well. It's not just the online learning. And I know it's, it's just like a wall at the moment and it's kind of relentless, but I've heard so much, maybe more down in England, but maybe I'm sugarcoating it for Scotland, that students are getting some help with, uh, you know, deferment on payments for things. Have you guys had any assistance or any offers of assistance? Because this is a lot of money to put out to keep flats going and you're paying for your, of course, you know, for everything else. That's actually something I've not really come across them at the minute at Glasgow. I've not really spoken to any of my friends about that either because most of my people my age are back in uh, back in their flats now. They've kind of got, you know how they were, um, it was like stratified or stratified, stratified, a phased return. Um, and so everyone's pretty much back now. I imagine that would probably affect first years more if they were staying away from being in halls. So I don't know if Finn's little sister Corinne, I don't know if she has, if any of her mates decided not to come back, but are still paying rent on flats. Finn. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say that actually, um, a lot of them. I was just saying, a lot of people in Morano haven't come back. They haven't of, come back. Uh, no, haven't come back. She says I think only like seven of her flatmates are there out of twelve. So there's quite a few of them that have stayed open this time. Uh, and I think it's because the university said that if you stay home, they'll give you that month rent off. So you get your money back if you don't go back. So I think a lot of students have, have taken that and, and stayed at home instead. How are you guys feeling about the health threat that's out there? I mean, Ali, I mean, um, are you still wearing masks, still complying with, you know, social distancing things? Is it something that's still at the front of your mind that actually any interaction is possibly a bad interaction until everyone gets vaccinated? And even after that, for a while, it's going to be a bit weird. Yeah, I mean we're still being quite careful like um someone said today that like was it you Finn who said it? it's like 80 percent of um uh infections come from being at the shops or something like that so we like suddenly got you know I sort of tailed off a bit and I, I stopped washing my hands after I came in but like that's not happening again we're, we're sort of back onto it yeah I think people just need to realize it's it's just the same as it was the first time around I know some people have a sort of a bit more of a lax idea about it, but I don't know. I think we're being pretty on top of it now. Yeah. What do you feel, Joe? I mean, are people, I mean, I know that I'm definitely, I wasn't washing my hands half as much, but now I am. I've come full circle with that and thought, no, 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 we need to, to start doing this and doing happy birthday twice while I'm under the tap and everything. But do you think a, a lot of students are at the point where they're just so sickened with it that it's become a background noise almost? Yeah, possibly. And uh, I think the fact that, you know, it's, it doesn't really affect young people as much as uh, vulnerable people probably, you know, plays on some people's minds and they think, you know, okay, you start to lose that. They stop doing the sort of regular washing hands, wearing masks, not distancing much, you know, maybe going to see more friends. I mean, I'm not saying that for everyone, but that's probably what some people think. And I've definitely thought it myself, mm. um, particularly being here where I'm not, in contact with anyone that is vulnerable. But then you forget, you know, why am I not being direct contact with vulnerable? I might go to the shops and touch a product that, and then put it back and then someone else might, uh, who is vulnerable, might pick it up and that's where it could pass. So 
God. Yeah. What about you, Finn? Have you been out to the shops? And, and what are you like when you go to the shops? Are you completely masked up? Are you wearing rubber gloves? Yeah. <laughs> not, not that much. But uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty careful. Uh, I think especially uh, what hit me was, you know, and it was like really, really bad when there was like 70,000 cases a day, something like that. That was when it was like, okay, this is really serious. And since then, I've been super, super careful. So I've been trying to wash my hands when I go to the shop and uh, make, try and do it when I get back. It's easy to forget sometimes but i try to do it as much as i can um yeah it's been hard it, it is hard and it, what what must be really weird molly is you know you guys are all this, these are the last months of your university education and i know look at your face it's, oh. and normally you'd be thinking you know we're going to enjoy every last minute we're going to be out we're going to be you know doing things together we're going to have a great time we're going to make that those bonds that last throughout lifetime are you worried about what's going to happen if everyone's still sitting in their rabbit hutch for another couple of months and it's probably i don't know do you think it's going to last till the end of term this situation mm -hmm. I feel like we've been speaking about this quite a lot and Joe reminded me and I was like, oh my God, because I didn't really, I didn't really compute that I've finished. My last deadline is at the beginning of April, God. which is what, about two months away. And I don't have any exams. Um, so I finished in April, essentially. And then and when, he, when he said it to me, I was like, oh my God, two months away. I'd never thought about it like that because Joe's master's finishes in November because they started later. So I've kind of been like working towards that time frame, And I think Finn and Ali finish a little bit later than me but still kind of around the same time so yeah we've been speaking about getting excited for like march kind of springtime like maybe being able to sit in the park with a tinny and just like like the olden olden days, um, <laughs> the olden days I love it. <laughs> but i yeah i'm holding on to hope but every time we've held on to hope so far things you just it's always that extra bit of caution that's been taken every step isn't it it's always been pushed back one more bit at a time so I mean, summer, I mean, yeah, I was speaking to Callum, who's been on um, Ripples before, and he was, he said to me, like, Mo, this is going to be a summer on the island. And he keeps calling it the island. It's going to be the summer of the island. Um, yeah, he's like, we're not going to be going anywhere. Like, we're going to be, we're going to be here for the rest of this summer. So, I don't know, yeah, I kind of got like an angel and a devil on my shoulder. It's kind of tugging me both ways, but fingers crossed. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? But Ali, how important is it for you to know that this will end and you will be able to socialise and, you know, maybe not go completely crazy, but yeah, sit with a set in a beer on a piece of grass. It doesn't seem like a lot to ask for. And oh, my God, maybe even contemplate a holiday. But I guess a holiday abroad's looking still far That would off. be absolutely incredible. But, you know, <laughs> got to manage expectation. I think that's like one of the biggest things which has been quite difficult is like COVID it's sort of like sort of taught you to just not get too excited about things because you know anything could happen and next minute nothing's happening and so it's kind of been a bit of sort of pessimistic awakening in a way but um uh hopefully that'll wash away with all these vaccines maybe next year maybe this year we'll be able to go and go and do some holidaying are you are you really country to be honest are you really like angry are you pissed off about this or is it just like do you know what this is a new reality that we have had to really uh, alter our expectations i mean i i'd be pretty fuming i guess because yeah know. i mean like you know i've got these like feelings of anger but thinking about it like what am i angry at you know it's like a virus it's not, it's, you're it's, angry it's with a virus, virus. Yeah. <laughs> 
doesn't have a brain. It's not like it's just doing what it does, you know. Yeah, and it does feel like we're kind of getting to the end of that of this whole thing now. Do you know what I mean? We're kind of coming towards the last leg on the surface. I mean, there's going to be a lot. Of, there's so many repercussions that are going yeah. to take years to, to build. But like on the surface, like my dad got his first vaccination yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Um, I spoke to my auntie Mary, and she got hers a couple of weeks ago. So that kind of first stage is happening. But also, then you got to be careful not to get into a false sense of security because oh. again, we were talking about the vaccine and the way that. What was it you were saying, Joe? We were talking about it to do with the um, efficiency of the first vaccine or that like people are getting this false sense of security. Yeah, yeah. What, what were you saying about this, Joe? Do you remember? Um. Yeah. <laughs> his brain's dried up because he's Definitely been looking at his what he said, let alone I think one of the, one, Something I might have said was um, that having the vaccine, having sort of immunity to the virus doesn't necessarily mean you can't transmit it that's it yeah they don't know that yeah they don't know anything and they don't know um whether other mutations they're assuming they can keep tweaking vaccines and it sounds fairly simple i'm saying that in inverted commas but you know there'll be other challenges along so how do you cope with it joe because you know are you like ali do you just think well you can't be angry with a virus so you've just got to accept it or are there moments when you just want to punch the couch um, obviously, I'm a bit frustrated. Personally, for me, I've kind of put my frustrations towards the government, so I think it's been handled quite badly. Government um, in Scotland or government Westminster? No, just curious to know, is it the Boris Johnson or is it Nicola Sturgeon? Is it both? Uh, mainly Westminster, but there have, been, there have been some great things that the Scottish government have done either. Um, but I know it's mainly Westminster. I mean, for... For an island, you know, you should see it should be relatively easy to to um, quarantine. I mean, uh, New Zealand managed to do it quite well. Um, Australia. I mean, they might have a much smaller population than us, but you know, the principles the same. You know, if you close the borders, you can stop infections, and you know, the country can keep running. You know, we wouldn't have to have all all these um, services like you know all the restaurants and bars and. Um, non-essential shops should close and people lose their jobs. I mean, it was never, it could have been avoided, but I think they just kept, they panicked and they didn't didn't really listen to advice and they just, so I'm kind of a bit angry at that, but I'm not angry at the virus. I'm not angry at, you know, that's just, it's nature, isn't it? Joe summing it up there. It's all very frustrating and difficult to pin down, isn't it? You're listening to Ripple's Hashtag Student 2020 with Claire English and Molly Higgins and co. All her co-conspirators in the same flat this week. Hope you've enjoyed hearing the podcast as this might be the last in the series. Might not, though. You never know. Check out the back catalogue if you fancy it to give you a feel for how our students have been coping over the entire Covid season. Right, let's jump back into the rather political direction that conversation was taking with Joe and see what the others think. Are you angry how it's been handled politically? Because let's be fair to any government as well. I'm trying to be kind here. Um, you know, it's a pandemic. Nobody had seen anything like this. We've had epidemics and different sorts of pandemics in the past with flu and things, but nobody <coughs> expected this. Do you cut anyone in charge any slack? Because it does seem we've really not got a handle on this even now it's it's beginning to climb out of the tunnel with the vaccine promise but all the things joe's just said all the things that could have been done maybe weren't done very quickly 
Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree that you've got to put them a bit of slack because obviously it's new and no one really knows how to deal with it properly. But I do agree that there is things that they mismanaged that could have been easily managed better. Uh, but mostly I'm saving my anger, I think, for after it. So how does, because I think like at the moment, you know, they're taking to come, so constantly responding. But after is something that they can prepare for. And it's like, uh, you know, how do they, how do they build back? In a, in a better, I mean, build back better is the kind of the, the slogan they're going by, but how do we build back like fairer? This massive inequality has been created by COVID. How do we solve that inequality? There's obviously this urgent climate crisis. How do they build back uh, in a cleaner way? All these different questions that I feel like I'm going to try and stay mind before and then see how they do with after the pandemic and then get angry uh, with them because of that. Yeah, I, I was going to take us forward as well to look at you know, what life's going to be like when you guys go, move on from university and go out into the world. What kind of a society has been left by this? We've learned things, though, to be fair, haven't we, Molly? You know, and it's maybe made us aware in a ghastly way of how important little things are, like your health and your family and having a good support uh, bubble around you of people that you know and trust. But um, there are a hell of a lot of big challenges out there for the future for somebody young, who's just coming out with a degree into a world where um, at the moment, the job situation, it's very hard to say what's going to happen. I'm much more optimistic than a lot of people, but at the moment, it's pretty frightening to look at what could happen. How do you feel? Yeah, I mean, I've been speaking, um, I was speaking to my friend Willow the other day and she was telling me, it kind of sounds to me like it's the same uh, conversation that I was having before Christmas in terms of jobs that she said, a vacancy will open for a position so she studied psychology and the window will be open for three hours and then it closes and it's supposed to be on there until a deadline for like I don't know how long they're normally up for um like a few weeks or a month or whatever and it's gone after three hours um Joe was talking about some jobs he was applying for the other day and there were like 30 NHS program and there were 30 applicants per place um which to be honest I think that's to me that sounded relatively low compared to some some t statistics that had been thrown around. So job prospects are looking um, very bleak. And it sounds it sounds to me like this year and however many years afterwards, a lot of this is going to be to do with luck. Um, and if something happens to land in your lap, like if, oh, I don't know, if it, you get in an application a few hours before someone else, and that seems to be what's going to be structuring. You're going to have to have that bear that in mind when you're applying for jobs. And I... I've kind of accepted, I actually want to do a master's as well. So I'm kind of looking that far ahead. I know I want to try and get work experience as I, as I go along, but that's that's kind of my vision for next year is that I want to do a master's. So I'm kind of avoiding putting on some blinkers and kind of avoiding having to look at the job market. But yeah, I know um, Ali's just applied for a an apprenticeship in Sweden, isn't it, Ali? Yeah, oh, do I did, tell. but I don't get it. Like... Well, no, 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 <laughs> tell us what, what's this an apprenticeship in? I'm interested. Well, no, yeah, it's like an internship. It's like um, looking for metal in the ground, basically, because I do geology. Uh -huh. But um, unfortunately, I uh, sent away my application and cover letter and everything, and I've just found a big spell mistake, which is, is kind of annoying. I sent it to my parents. I sent it to the CV guy at uni to read over as well, and no one spotted it. They probably won't right, either. I wouldn't worry <laughs> about it. Right at the end, it says, thank you for taking the time to take the time to read my CV. 
Do you know what? Can we get a direct no, no, that's, that's absolutely not going to be a problem. I really don't think okay. they're going to make a decision. I mean, they're probably not that. even going to read it that far anyway. <laughs> but that's interesting that you have decided, well, obviously you go where the work is, but you know, you, you see your future in Europe. <laughs> and we're, yeah, and hey, what's just happened? But that's interesting. Why, why the Europe thing? Um, well, to be honest, that uh, that job offer just came well offer uh, opportunity just came through our email which our lecturers send us to everything uh, send out but to be honest I would like to go away I think Europe would be quite a cool place to work uh, Sweden especially oh, yeah. nice and hot in the summer freezing in the winter but um, I don't know I do, I do sort of want to get get out it's been a while I feel like you know, there's not many excuses for us to go abroad or anywhere. So if I can do it by working, that would be fair enough, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, Finn, Finn, I was just going to jump in there because yeah, Finn also wanted to go abroad next year. I don't know if that's going to change. South America. Yeah, I mean, South yeah, COVID uh, I've just got like a, a teaching English as a foreign language uh, qualification. So hopefully uh, I'll be going there in, I think, like September, October time obviously depending on the situation uh and this is a thing it's, it's, it depends on the vaccine rollout there mm. so even if the vaccine rollout here is going well yeah if it's not going well in south america then i won't be able to go how do so, you feel uh, about um if you weren't going to south america and for you as well ali and for joe for all of you actually how do you feel about the prospects of staying in britain brexit post-brexit post-pandemic <laughs> is it filling you with apprehension or is it are you thinking well actually you know a lot of unexpected stuff will come out of this turbulence it's it's possible lots of new areas will open up because of it and you know we've got cop 26 coming to glasgow at the end of the year stuff's happening mm -hmm. good stuff's happening but not convinced yet yeah it's i mean there there is that sort of side to it i guess it's exciting in a way in a way cop 26 will be cool i was thinking about maybe uh volunteering at that actually but um, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. It is always interesting to see how these like things develop um, or whether, you know, Scotland will even be in Britain by then. But you know, we'll see. I think we'll probably be still there, but whether yeah, they're, yeah, I mean, whether they're fighting will, to get out of the box. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, It'll God. be quite interesting to see how that develops, definitely. Oh, and let's ask Joe, the, the English person, another English person. How do you feel about that? You know, the whole Scottish uh, debate that's going on at the moment. Well, you know, you're talking about Westminster government being maybe not your favourite people at the moment. How do you feel about the fact that Scotland is, do you feel it's a completely different place to study and live in? And therefore we've got different needs. Oh, I'm getting really I wouldn't say it's a completely different place. Um culturally it's actually relative it's quite similar i might get some hate for that but <laughs> no, <there's laughs> politically it's different yeah <laughs> it's definitely different and i um i think that you know if i was scottish i would i'd vote for independence personally um but as an englishman i'd say um, i don't like independence i don't like the idea of it because i don't want to be left I don't want England to be left on its own because it was tear itself to shreds. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> it's bleak, isn't it? <laughs> Do you want to go back to Europe? Would you like to have a re-entry to Europe so that at least there was, you know, a yeah. My 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 dad was saying over Christmas actually that um, my dad's quite London centric, and he was saying that uh, London should have their own referendum and then rejoin Europe. 
So they can go on <laughs> their own, sort of like Monaco. <laughs> Very like Monaco. Have you seen some of those salaries? <laughs> I couldn't afford to go back and live in London anymore. Absolutely not. And Finn, what about you? I mean, do you think, would you ever come back and live in Scotland? I know you've studied here, but, you know, who knows? I'm asking you to cast into the future. Well, we don't even know what society is going to be like, what's going to be here. But would you be attracted to, to put down some roots in Scotland, having been here for so long for your education? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, it's a, it's a problem for me. Because I do politics and most politics jobs are based in London, especially NGO work. So it might be a bit of a problem getting work here, but I fall in love with the country. I absolutely love it. Um, it's a, yeah, it's a great place. Um, yeah, I could, I could, I could see myself living there. Yeah, definitely. Gosh, I, I, I'm going to wrap up soon, but I'm just thinking, you know, it's so weird. You're, you've had such an odd, odd year. I'm going to start with you, Molly. How are you? Are you worrying at all about being defined by 2021 as you know the graduates of that year? That basically people are going to go, oh yeah, that was the year that we can't really rely on anybody's grades from school, degrees. You know that was the year that was blighted basically by the pandemic. Are you worried about that, or do you think it really doesn't matter in the long term? Um, you know what? I hadn't even thought about that until oh, I'm so I. Sorry for putting it into your head. Just wondering if you think that's going to make a difference to employers that they go, "Oh, let's give these guys a shot," or it could go the other way. They could say, "Well, we don't know what quality we're getting this time because it's been a bit different." Yeah, I I hadn't thought about that until um, my friend Alex. I was speaking to him about um, the the worth of our degree, um, and he was saying. Uh, like about getting extensions and getting made non-detriment and getting all these things and he was like isn't that just going to make our degree worthless and then I was speaking to Joe about it and he was like isn't our degree already worthless and I was like yeah oh, no, <laughs> so when you put it like that so um but then also regardless of Covid aren't like bloody undergrad degrees already worthless like and then you've got all these other layers I mean they're not but that's what everyone always argues isn't it it's like the disposability of a degree now is just so fragile and kind of yeah it's all these are the layers on top of it I guess but I hadn't yeah I hadn't thought about um whether or not employers were going to look at it like that hopefully it everyone might, will yeah it might work the other way though it could well it could work sorry I'm just going to turn this thing off it's giving me a warning we've got 10 minutes to go but um it could work the other way it could be that people will say do you know what maybe we're too prescriptive about people having x y and z for a job and now maybe we have to look at the people more i personally think that's the way it's going to go that the more personality you've got the more people skills the more communication skills that kind of stuff that's going to matter more than a degree because personally a degree is a very basic metric to know how intelligent somebody is i think so in a way i don't know it could work out that you guys have all come on this podcast and you're articulate and I think these things really matter that you've proven that you you've got a personality, you've thought things through and you've got a lot more to offer in terms of communicating in teams and with the outside world. And you're, you're aware of the world around you in a way that maybe people that came out with degrees in the years before wouldn't have cared so much about. I don't know. Ali, do you feel optimistic that maybe that's going to be a bonus for you guys? I mean, does that mean I can write this on my CV? You can write this in your CV and I will give you a reference. For sure I will. Of course you can. This is what <laughs> um, makes me yeah. so angry. Yeah, this is all valuable stuff. This is about communication digitally. You're all communicating digitally, so you should be saying this. Yeah, I think, I think like, 
I don't know. Yeah, there is that this way of looking at it that like employers will see this is the blighted year or whatever. But also, you know, we did manage to get our degrees through this year Absolutely. and we managed to do it completely online. We missed out on a lot of stuff like labs and 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 uh, sort of, yeah, being being in the uni to do sort of in real life work. But um, like the I think skills which we've gained over this year to to you know work as a group over the internet is is also extremely valuable and something which is becoming more and more valuable in the way that like offices are set up these days you know companies are realizing that they don't actually really need to have offices people can do it from home so i i don't feel too bad about it I think you're spot on there. I mean, my daughter's now living in Barcelona, working for a firm in Glasgow because she does this stuff. So, hey, it can you could be in Sweden virtually or literally. I know your job's more hands on, but Joe, do you agree that, you know, these these digital skills and communication things that nobody really thought about? They thought they were kind of soft skills and they were kind of poo pooed before. These are the things that are quite important to employers now being able to sit in front of a screen and actually express yourself. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, and it's, I think it was something that was happening before the, the pandemic as well was, um, you know, as information technology was improving and uh, companies are using it more. So I think, yeah, it's going to look brilliant on our CVs. It will, um, it will. Because, and you're right, it, this has been a really hard year. So the idea that you guys have managed to keep it together to get a degree at all is extraordinary, I think. But I think you've got to big yourselves up when you're talking to employers as well. This is turning into a lecture, you know, about yourself. <laughs> what you've managed to achieve and your resilience has been extraordinary through this. Finn, do you feel you're going to be able to pitch yourself differently now and say, everything got thrown at us in our final year. Everything. We still did it. And we're still standing and it makes us hungrier than ever to go and have a nice career. Can you go and sell that message? <laughs> yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I'd say that you know, we should be able to put COVID on our CV instead of anyone to get through it. It's been, it's been tough. I mean, we've not been able to access certain literature, like the books. Um, and yeah, it's been a battle, um, definitely. But I, I think also a big, a big thing now as well is that because a lot of uh, jobs require experience, is that maybe we don't need to find work straight away. Yeah. It can be something that we can leave until about 25, 26. And in between those years between we graduate and we look for a job, we can do masters, we can go out into the field, we can get internships, we can travel, we can do a whole host of things to kind of like develop ourselves rather than just academic side. I think that's really important what you've said and I think it's massively valuable and you wonder oh god I'm going to say it now Covid in a way has been a bit of a gift because it's made people have to think differently and it's not all been bad stop barking dog <laughs> sorry uh, Molly are, you know do you agree that you know it's there will be bonuses that come out of this and you know, Finn's right about that while I let the dog out you keep talking <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think um, actually that is a really really nice way of looking at it and if, if I like cast myself back to the first ripples that we did with um Corin and Lily and they were have, telling us about all these kind of resilient examples of the way they were dealing with it and adapting to it um I think it is in in human nature isn't it naturally to adapt and make the best of a bad situation I guess when you've got the privilege to do that that's another thing we've got the privilege to know that we can kind of work around these things and not be made homeless you know us in this zoom here but um 
so I guess yeah we should we should take that into consideration as well we've kind of got things to fall back on if we need to but yeah like you said hopefully things something will come out of it and and employers will um cut us some slack and they've had to change and everything's everything's changing like you said towards a new way of working and we're going to be adapting to to different formats and the different kind of work environments and maybe new jobs and whatnot so yeah the final word from molly a huge thanks to her for being my co-host a co-conspirator and connector to studentdom couldn't have done it without her watch this space though because both molly and finn are planning their own podcast soon keep your eyes and ears peeled for that coming your way i will try and find out more to joe and ali a huge hug thanks for spending even more time on screen duty for this podcast and to all of the others who helped me to tap into the student voice for ripples hashtag student 2020. Before I sign off, I have to say that despite all the gloom and the uncertainties that lie ahead, going on my own experience with these brilliant people I've been speaking to, I think we're in pretty good hands with the future generation. They've weathered the storm at a time in life where they're under massive pressure to perform and to grab a stake in society when they leave their education behind. They've proven they're able to get their heads down and keep going while the crisis whirled around them. They engaged with new ways of learning, albeit imperfect ways. And let's be frank, this was not the student experience anyone could have expected. No parties, fewer opportunities to mix and also to experiment. But COVID has made all our students look inside themselves like never before. They've had more of an idea of what they're capable of in the most adverse circumstances. They've got resilience creativity, perseverance, humour, perspective and humanity. And I think they appreciate the little things we've all taken for granted. Being able to meet up with friends, forge new relationships and just, just be in a world where there are no restrictions. This COVID pandemic will not last. Vaccines are there. We have a long way to go. We'll have to learn to live in a slightly different way. But here's my message to all students. Be incredibly proud of what you've achieved this year, how you've come through this and how you've adapted. You are more than ready to go into the world and make your mark. You're pandemians, you came through this and you have added a whole host of skills to your armory you could never have foreseen. So be bold, be confident. You're gonna have interesting, fulfilling lives with work that engages you and rewards all your hard work and effort. All the sacrifice that you've been enduring since last year. That's what I wanted to say to you mostly. And uh, employers, Here's one for you. Take note. The class of 2020 and subsequent year groups have shown us their mettle. Give them the respect and the credit they deserve for coming through this grim period. Adios, amigos, for now. <laughs>